from hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels. WestCoastTraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com. Welcome to PQ Beat, a podcast of the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter McCulley. The Oceanside RCMP have a new leader, here to talk about policing in our area, plus a look back at his career to date. We're pleased to be joined by Staff Sergeant Travis DeCone. Thanks for having me. Where did you grow up, and at what point did you know you wanted to become a police officer? I grew up in the Lower Mainland in the Chilliwack Arrow area, so I can recall the day, I don't know the actual date, but it was grade three or four. The RCMP came into Yarrow Elementary School to do their drug talks that they used to do back in the day. They came in, and I remember going home that day and saying, oh, I'm going to be an RCMP and telling my parents, oh, sure you are, okay, great for you, and that was that. It goes back that far. Wow, that is a long way. Yeah. What was your first job outside of policing, and, and when did you join the force? I've always worked, so I started out working on an apple farm in, in Yarrow, and that turned into working at a wire rope cable company, making chokers and stuff like that. I did timber cruising, worked at a, a pawn shop for a while that was a family-owned business that we had in Chilliwack, and bounced around, and then I applied for the RCMP twice, actually. I didn't get in the first time I went around, and then I applied again and managed to get in 2001 is when I headed off to Depot in Regina for the first go at it. Do you have any unique or interesting tales from small town policing? You've probably been stationed in a few smaller areas. Uh, Yeah, I've actually bounced around quite a bit. So I I started my career here on the island, actually. I got posted to Port McNeil, and I had my few weeks of recruit field training back then. And then the the powers that be, Sergeant Chris Stewart, he was a member of the RCMP up there. He basically sent me out to Zabalas, and for quite a while I... Worked and lived out of Zabalas. I did have a house in Port McNeil, but I used to sleep in the ambulance shack and do my policing up in the Zabalas area and out near Ooklage and places like that. So lots of uh, Indigenous policing and great communities and stuff out there. It was lots of fun. And then, of course, uh, Santula, and ultimately I ended up transferring over to Alert Bay, and I worked in Alert Bay for a couple of years there as well. So lots of interesting stories there and lots of time out on the water for sure. Lots of responding to calls by way of the waterways. It's just Always interesting, certainly adds to the excitement. One that does come to mind is when I was posted in Alert Bay, just a few days after the tragedy that took place in Maythorpe, Alberta, when those four members unfortunately lost their lives. I do remember getting a call. I was the acting detachment commander at the time with a whopping three and a half year service or four year service, I guess I had. And we got a phone call from Kinkham Inlet that there was a, an individual running around the area with a firearm and shooting it off in town. And it was interesting that even at the time, we would still have to take our police vessel. I would manage to get a couple of members around. There was only a few of us in Alert Bay at the time, so I got some members come over from Port McNeil to help us out, headed out in the dark, and we had to take money. When we got there, we would have to tie up at the dock, and then somebody from the community would come out in, in a canoe and pick us up, and then I, we would pay money to get the trip into town and just remember all the you know the excitement surrounding that to try to sort everything out after we had the, the tragedy in Maythorpe. And ultimately, it turned out good, no issues. We were able to take the individual into custody without any issues. But, I mean, certainly that heightened, oh, my goodness, what do I do now when you get a call like that so soon after a major event? And then even when you arrested somebody in that area, you'd had to have money to pay to bring them back out to the main police vessel as well. So yeah, definitely some small town, interesting types of policing there. 
So you are our new staff sergeant at Oceanside. So what's the biggest difference between being in charge and being in a rank and file? There's certainly a, a big difference. I mean, I've always been a, a member's member. I'm not big on the whole supervisor and all those types of thing. I, you know, you like any organization, you strive to have quality, good leaders, people that you want to follow and you, you want to work with. Nobody's ever worked for me. I've just worked with a lot of people, and that's kind of how my mantra goes mostly. So certainly... You know, as a member, we all worry about one another. We just, we do anyways. It's inherent. We want to make sure we all go home safe at the end of the night. And we're always trying to look out for for the public and stuff. But it's almost kind of like being a parent. Once you move up through the ranks, you're always concerned with, I wonder how it's going tonight for the guys. And I hope they're not too busy. And, you know, feel bad if we happen to have some relief restrictions through summer or if somebody's not feeling well and that the watch is short, you always kind of feel like you should try to help out as best you can. So it's certainly the difference of that, knowing when to kind of, provide guidance and give somebody an opportunity to do something versus just kind of, hey, you just do it yourself kind of thing. So certainly that's always that struggle that you always work along and try to work through. So you mentioned you were on the island for a while and then back to the mainland and whatnot. Did you know much about Parksville, Qualicum Beach and the surrounding area before you were offered the post here? And how did that all come about? I mean, I always knew that uh, Parksville was where the beaches were. So I did have uh, like a great aunt that lived on the island here in Cobble Hill area. So we did come over to the island, you know, when we were younger and, you know, to meet family and stuff like that. So, I mean, I was aware of where the area was, but certainly being posted North Island, it was just a way through town and that island highway, you'd get off the ferry and you'd start your five-hour truck north anytime you did leave the island. So you'd kind of blow through here quite quickly. I did have a friend of mine who actually gave me the information about the job that it may be coming available here last year. Uh, he had worked here years ago when he started his career and then we touched base again. I met him initially in Terrace and he told me about Parksville and stuff like that. He's since transferred back here and so I got some information, you know, from him. It's definitely a resort community and those types of things. Lots of outdoor recreational. It's the island. I was promised great weather when I got here. And <laughs> unfortunately, I think my, my, my buddy let me down were. on that one. Well, this has been a strange year, let me tell you. I've lived in the area probably only 10 or 11 years, but, you know, in the general Gulf Islands area for 25 years. And this is a pretty strange year. That's what I'm told. Everybody says, oh, just wait, it's going to get really nice. So I'm, I'm hoping it does. Searching for a new home? Make todayshomebc.com your online home base. With easy-to-search listings and connections to local realtors, everything you need is under one roof. Powered by Black Press Media, you can search hundreds of local listings all in one place. Access the top real estate professionals to help you find the perfect home today at todayshomebc.com. So have you found things so far? Any places you'd like to visit? I know you've only been around here maybe a couple of months, but any place caught your eye? Are you a hiker? Are you a golfer? Not a golfer. Certainly I'm not a patient enough individual to golf, that's for sure. I recently picked up a, a motorcycle. I'm getting back into motorcycling again. It's been quite a few years since I've really done much with them at all. So picked up a motorcycle. And I'm looking to do some more adventure riding. Friends of mine here, they have a, a crew of them, some RCMPs, some retired dentists, and they go out and about and do the, the logging roads and the trips around. And I'm looking to kind of explore the whole island and, you know, go back up to the north end there as well and check some stuff out there. I'd like to get over to Laskiti as well once we can get things sorted out, just to check it out over there as well. Mm-hmm. Now that we're emerging from the pandemic, what were some of the biggest difficulties policing? It was certainly interesting. It's not affecting me nearly as much here. Uh, prior to, to coming to Oceanside, I was the detachment commander for Hope RCMP. 
And it was interesting coming into Hope and not being able to meet anybody, not being able to go and actually do the face-to-face with community leaders and Indigenous leaders and just some of the organizations that we assist each other. Initially, we struggle with technology like anything because we have all the firewalls and all of our security surrounding the RCMP side of things. So it took us a long time to get sorted out on like an MS teams and you'd have all these meetings. And the only thing I found about it, it was very easy for people to call meetings. Whereas before you had a commitment, Hey, I'll meet you at this time at this date and here. So there was a little more effort involved. And then all of a sudden it turned into, Oh, just endless meetings. You could just hit a button and boom, you'd invite 20 people to a meeting. So that was a struggle, but certainly just getting out and doing that face to face and, you know, shaking somebody's hand and, you know, actually seeing them. There's a lot more you can get from a conversation when you're in the same room or sharing a meal versus talking through a computer, right? You're always doing something else off the side of your desk at the same time. So for you, what is the most rewarding part of the job and the most difficult part of the job? I mean, it probably sounds cliche. It's all about helping people. You have your good days and you have your bad days. And it's always good when you can go home and you feel like you actually made a bit of a difference in somebody's life or you made a connection that's going to potentially make it a little bit easier for the guys that are out, you know, doing the work all the time on the road or something along those lines. Challenging is this, there's always more paper involved, right? So it's never gotten easier, certainly over my 21 years, you know, files that we could handle quite quickly, you know, back in the day and, you know, you'd make your attendance, make sure everybody was safe and things were good. No problem. You'd be able to write that file off and move on to the next file. And now the requirements for reporting and and everything else is just so much more. The old guys that used to do it back in the day, what I remember the the big one was always like, oh, you know, I'd go out and do four impaired files in an evening or whatever. I challenge you now to get through one or two. The paper requirements and the follow-up and the back end, you know, 30 minutes, an hour on a scene, and you got, you know, two or three times as much sometimes on the back end trying to get the paperwork and your documentation and everything prepped for court and stuff. It's certainly a heavy burden on the, the paperwork side. It's challenging because it sometimes it keeps members off the road because they're trying to get to their files done in the office. So certainly it's more challenging to, to get the faces out in the community. We're burdened with, you know, the heavy level of paperwork. But it's understandable. you got to document what you do at the same time and put together a good case and a good file. So the paperwork has changed over the last 20 years or so. Anything else since you've been a rank and file member? Definitely, like it's always been community policing. I remember talking about that, you know, back in the early 2000s when we started, but I think it's really being driven more now, you know, we're more part of the community and we're part of the solution versus, oh, call the police. And I think now as an organization, we're really striving to reach out to all the different communities and different organizations and everything to try to be part of a solution and work with them. Certainly not to defer any of the work. We're always willing to, you know, to take on the work as it comes, but we're certainly much more open now to outside input and, you know, hey, they have great ideas or this organization has great ideas. And I think we're really working to try to to integrate that into our day-to-day operations just to keep things running smoother and stay up with the times. So if you could go back and offer some advice to a 10-year-old you, what might it be? Stay a welder. No, just kidding. You know what? I wouldn't be too much I'd want to change. You know, I have my days when I go home and think, oh, what did I do kind of thing for this last 20 years. But For the most part, I go home every day after work and think, okay, good, we'll tackle this again tomorrow. I don't know if I would change too much. I certainly wouldn't want to change the career I did. I I would be very challenging to go back to some of the communities that I went to and do that all over again, being a little older now. But certainly, I think it was ultimately quite a rewarding career, and I'm I'm happy of where I'm at now. I don't think I would change too much. Staff Sergeant Travis DeCone, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. That's this edition of PQ Beat, produced by the Parksville Qualicum Beach News. Thanks for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. 
You'll find our contact information on our website, pqbnews.com. Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com.